0: Hello, and welcome to the First Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. We're glad you joined us this week. First Lutheran Church lives by the mission statement. Called by the Spirit, we serve Christ, sharing God's love with all. And we are glad to share this good news with you this week. We are able for our gospel acclamation. Invite the congregation to stand as you are able, and together we read the gospel acclamation. Alleluia! Alleluia, Lord and Savior. Open now your saving word. Let it burn like fire within us. Speak until our hearts are stirred. Alleluia, Lord we sing, for the good news that you bring. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. After choosing his twelve apostles, Jesus teaches a crowd of followers about the nature and demands of discipleship. He begins his great sermon with surprising statements about who is truly blessed in the eyes of God. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place, with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. I invite you to be seated, and I invite any and all kids up, elementary age and younger, uh, if you'd like to come up for a short message. Come on up here to the steps. I've got some pictures to show you all. Boy, I'm glad you are here. It's so great to see Come and have a seat up here on the steps. Yeah, it's so great to see you all And all of your accomplishments. Here, have a seat right here. Have a seat right here. Good job, everybody. Good job. Well, I have some pictures that are out of order. I have some pictures I want to show you, okay? Uh, And they tell a story. Can you all see this first picture? It's a picture of a baby. Okay, now this baby. loves to cry. This little baby feels safe in his mom and dad's arms. This baby is just learning how to roll over and has a lot of growing to go. Okay. Let's see what happens. Now look at him. He's a little bit bigger. He's learning how to ride a bike. He just got a kitty cat that loves to sleep in his bed. One time he was riding his bike and he fell down and scraped his knee really bad. He had to get a huge bandage. But then he got right back up on his bike and kept biking. His favorite food is mac and cheese. Let's see what else What else happens. OK, now look at him. He's even bigger. He's learning how to be a good student and going to school. He's in the fourth grade. He still loves to eat mac and cheese. He still loves to uh, play with his kitty cat. And his favorite thing at school is PE. Let's see what happens next. Look at him now. He's even bigger. He's in middle school. He still has that kitty cat. He still loves mac and cheese and to go outside and play, and he loves to play basketball. But one time he was playing basketball, and he broke his arm. He had to get a cast and wear it around school for many, many weeks. Uh, But he got back up, and afterwards, after he was healed, he went and played basketball some more. Okay, let's see what happens. Look at him now. He's even bigger. He's in high school, and he's on the basketball team. He's had his first girlfriend. He's learning how to drive. He still has that kitty cat. But whenever uh, one summer, his grandpa died. He was really sad, and his whole family grieved together. And he, he had to go to a funeral. Guess what his favorite food is? Mac and cheese. OK, now let's see what happens. Look at him now, he's a college kid. He's learning how to be a teacher, and he wants to coach basketball in middle school. And guess what? He's getting married. Yep, he's getting married. And sad thing, though, that kitty cat he got when he was, when he was young passed away. Well, he was away at college, but look at him now. He's got fur on his face, and he is a teacher at a middle school. He's got grandkids. He still likes to make them mac and cheese. He loves to mow the lawn at his home. He's got lots of ups and downs in his life. Let's see what happens. Look at him now. How is he different? He's got gray hair. Yeah, he's got gray hair, and uh, he, uh, he has lots and lots of grandkids and some great-grandkids, and he still likes to mow his lawn. And whenever his grandkids come over to play, he makes them mac and cheese, and he takes them fishing. Well, this man, he looked back over his life, and he saw all of the really, really great things and those really, really sad or scary things or those things that were new, or those things that he failed at, and he knew that through all of those ups and downs, that Jesus was with him. Jesus was with him when he was scared, when he was a little baby, learning how to roll over, when he was crying, when he was totally dependent on others. Jesus was with him when he was learning how to be a teacher, when he got married, Jesus was with him when his, when his dad died. Jesus was with him through all of the ups and downs. And Jesus wants us to know that same thing. Now, there's a lot of you here, but do any of you all want to share some really great things that you've had in your life, that have happened in your life? Any of the really awesome things? How about this? How many of you yesterday, uh, transferred up to the scouts and the isn't that what happens at the blue and gold ceremony yeah that was probably a pretty cool moment yeah how many of you all have ever gotten a pet before yeah those are pretty pretty fun times or started school were you all scared when you started school yeah you have a whole life ahead of you, but already you've had some really cool things happen, and maybe you've had some really sad things happen. And Jesus wants us all to know that he is with us every step of the way, through the good times and through the bad. Okay, so we're going to say a prayer and give, th- and give thanks for that. <clears throat> so everybody, uh, for this prayer today, I want us to fold our hands like this. Weave your fingers together. Good job. We're going to close our eyes, and I want you to repeat after me, okay? Repeat after me. Good morning, God. God. We love you. you. Thank you for being with us us. every step of the way. way. Amen. Amen. All right, you all can head back to your seats. Thank you for coming up. Boy, it was great to see you all. Oops. Oops. Well, I was uh, talking with someone a while back about their trip to Mount Everest, uh, and the thousands of dollars it took them to travel there, all the gear that it took um, to, to make that trek up this uh, highest mountain in the world, the highest above sea level. Now, he didn't actually go all the way to the summit he just went to the base camp. But still, it was an extraordinary experience, a very difficult and challenging one. And so uh, probably most of you all know, if not all of you know, Mount Everest is the, the tallest mountain uh, above sea level. It's still growing. In fact, it grows about, uh, about this much every year. Uh, and it takes weeks and weeks to hike up that, that summit. But there's bragging rights. Once you do it, people go there. Thousands of people have gone and tried. Hundreds have died just trying to accomplish this wonderful adventure of climbing the tallest mountain in the world. There's something about the thrill and the, the accomplishment of doing that. Uh, when I was uh, in seminary in South Carolina, our seminary was built on the highest part of the uh, the highest part of land in Colombia. And we thought that was so spectacular. I don't know why. There's something about that tall spot of land in that city that we thought was significant. And here in Topeka, we have Burnett's Mound. There's a number of legends and fame that go along with that, all because it's the high place, all because it's this tallest point in Topeka. So I wonder, uh, any of you who have ever traveled or hiked, what's the highest point that you've ever been to? What did it feel like when you got there? Maybe it was spectacular. Maybe it was abysmal. What did it feel like to travel to that high place? High places are extraordinarily important throughout Scripture. Uh, At the beginning of Scripture, we hear about Uh, Moses going up to that high mountain at Mount Sinai into a cloud, into a holy place where he interacts face to face with God. And there at that mountaintop, God gives him the commandments to bring down to the disciples or to to the people of Israel. We also hear about Elijah, the prophet Elijah, going up to a high place. And when he was up in that high place, he experienced the still small voice of God. And early, early on in Scripture, in the first few books, or first few chapters in the Bible, we hear about the great priest Melchizedek, who ruled over that infant city, Salim, and built such a, a city in a, and a dwellings on a high place in that region. And that high place would eventually become Jerusalem. And in that city, the temple was built— and holy things happened, and the story of God was, was made. High places are incredibly important, and throughout culture, uh, high places are places where altars and shrines and temples are, are built. And in the story of Jesus, though in a few weeks we'll read the story of the Transfiguration, when Jesus goes up a high mountain with Peter, James, and John, and there on that mountaintop, uh, God encounters them, And uh, Moses and Elijah come down from heaven and greet them. And Peter, that beautifully flawed disciple, says, this is so wonderful. Let us build dwelling places here. Let us stay up. Let us mark this high place as holy. And Jesus says, no, Peter, you don't get it. We need to go back down. But throughout Scripture, we see that high places, our holy places. Over and over, God is found and heard and encountered in high places. And so today we read from the sixth chapter of Luke. This chapter begins with Jesus teaching about the Sabbath and then retreating to a high place, to a mountain, to pray. And then he comes down from the mountain and stands on a level place and addresses the people. He heals them he teaches them, and he's among them. This reading today uh, from Luke 6 is called the Sermon on the Plain, where we hear Jesus' compassionate words to the people who are desperate and eager and longing for Jesus. And the Sermon on the Plain is not to be confused with the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew. They both share much of the same language, and they're both referred to as the Beatitudes which is just another word for blessedness. There are many similarities, but the subtle differences are incredibly impactful for the meaning for us readers. For example, Matthew, uh, from the Gospel according to Matthew in chapter 5, from the Beatitudes there on the mountain, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. But from Luke, we hear Jesus say on the plain, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. In Matthew, on the mountain, we hear Jesus say, Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be satisfied. And from Luke, from the plain, Jesus says, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Jesus is teaching us in both of these sermons that we are blessed. Blessed are you, holy are you. Not necessarily happy are you, but holy are you. We are blessed with God's promises of hope and restoration, of God's presence that he will never abandon us. One look throughout scripture at God's holy people, one look at anyone's life, shows us that everyone has something going on, some challenge or concern. And these beatitudes can sometimes be watered down to insinuate that, if you are a faithful person, there is an expectation or requirement to be happy in times of trial. But happy and hopeful are different things. It is biblical to grieve. To be blessed does not mean to be absent of struggle. To be blessed is to live through such opposition aware and trusting that the struggle is temporary. Because as Easter people, we know that the worst things are never the last things. And so today we have this astounding reading of Jesus speaking on a level plane, of Jesus coming down to the people to be with them, to experience them. And Luke goes out of his way to ensure we know that he is here among us. Here, Jesus comes to humanity, speaking about his regard for humanity, for the real, ugly things we see that are tangible in our world. God comes here, commiserates, and reminds us that he's here, relating to us face to face. This sermon today is important not only because of what Jesus says, but where he says it. When I was in high school, Uh, Our National Honor Society had a fundraiser, uh, an awareness for the homeless population in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, what we did was we camped out all night at a busy intersection in Springfield, and uh, it was kind of thrilling, and we probably enjoyed it more than we should have, but try as we might to enter into that kind of life, to experience that kind of living those conditions of struggle to remove ourselves from the temporary comforts and privileges we experience, I'm sure we could not fully understand what it was like to live like that, to come into a level ground with people that are so different from ourselves. Because our safety wasn't in question. We had devoted parents that sat across the street in their cars watching out for us, We had comfortable clothes and jackets and shoes that fit us. And we knew that that present time of discomfort was temporary. And yesterday, I was driving across the Kansas Bridge, Kansas Avenue Bridge with my kids. And one of them, I won't say who, uh, we were looking at the tent city that was underneath the bridge there at the river. And I was trying to point that out to the kids. And one of them said, Cool! And I immediately got like, No, no, that's not what this is about! And so we had a teaching moment. But he was so detached from the true, ugly, gritty things of our world. He wasn't at a level place, and an understanding place. But Jesus is. Jesus came down from heaven. He came down from the mountain. He stood there on a level plane, to see us face to face, to look at us, to look into our lives, to look into your schedule, to, to see your worries, and to say to all of us, I see you, I hear you, and you are holy because you are mine. And so today we hear Jesus blessing us, reminding us of our worth and his presence and recognition of us. After all, this is the God who knows us by name, who knows the numbers of hairs on our head, who knows our past, and who gives us a future. So today we hear Jesus say to us, blessed are you who are poor, who can't pay the medical bills or who can't buy the medicine. Blessed are you who come to work dirty because your electric was turned off. Blessed are you who can't give your kids but you want to give them, or who can't retire though you want to. Blessed are you, not because of your trials, but because God is with you through them. Jesus tells us today, Blessed are you who are hungry now, whose stomachs growl, who rely on free lunches and food banks, who can't afford healthy food, and who rely on those unhealthy options that aren't good for your body. Blessed are you who struggle with eating disorders. Blessed are you, not because of your trials, but because God is with you through them. We hear Jesus teaching us today. Blessed are you who weep now, who grieve, who are overwhelmed by the world's pain. Blessed are you who weep because of anxiety. Blessed are you who weep because of the diagnosis or that family transition. Blessed are you, not because of your trials, but because God is with you through them. We hear Jesus teaching us today. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, revile you, or defame you because of Who you are, or the color of your skin, or who you love. Blessed are you when people hate you, and bully you, or speak about you behind your back. Blessed are you, not because of your trials, but because God is with you through them. In Luke's Beatitudes, we hear about flesh and blood problems. And God reminds us that, things, that those things matter to Jesus. That Jesus came down from heaven and down from the mountain so that he might see us and hear us and comfort us. God comes to us, calling to us and hearing the cries of our neighbor. Uh, in Psalm 16, verse 11, we hear the psalmist say, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are blessings forevermore. We are reminded in this gospel that God walks with us, that God is present with us, that we may not be happy through it all, but we will be blessed and we will have a hopeful joy because of God's loving presence with us, that he will see us and hear us, Love us and save us. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for Jesus Christ who comes to be with us, to hear the growls of hungry stomachs, to see those who are hurting, to hear those who feel lost. Bless us as your people to likewise hear the cries of our neighbors and trust that you comfort them as you comfort us. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. I invite you now to turn in your hymnal as we listen to hymn 717. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray that these words and message inspired you in your faith journey as you grow with God. We would love to see you at worship, either online via Facebook Live, or in person at 1234 Southwest Fairlawn Road at 5 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sundays. God loves you, and so do we.